And I mean, we've had plenty of these really awful, awkward money conversations ourselves. And I know that I can talk about this really because it's a constant conversation in our house pre-COVID and also during this time that I am not a catch-all. Hello, and welcome to Shiny Objects. I'm Jamie King. And I'm Elise Mason. We're founders who also happen to be cousins and best friends. After over a decade of working together, we're pulling back the curtain and getting raw and real about the messy business of work and the reality and sometimes fantasy of what it's like to be your own boss. Hello, hello. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I am also doing well. I have some unimportant, important news for you. Bring it on. (laughs) So it's my birthday in two days as of this recording. And I'm planning a little backpacking trip. And I don't really have any of my own gear. So for my birthday, I treated myself to some backpacking gear and it showed up today and I'm really excited. I haven't really like unboxed it yet to test it out, but um, it feels like my birthday already. And that's my unimportant, important news. That is so exciting. I love getting new gear. I like, I cannot go into like an outdoor supply store because I, yeah, it's, I'm not, I like can't be trusted. I love that kind of stuff. So I am sitting here vicariously living through your unboxing moment and feeling all the feels about it. (laughs) And also also very excited for your backpacking trip. Um, My unimportant, important news is much less exciting than yours. And probably everyone's already seen it on Instagram. Um, But I am super proud of myself. I successfully made for the first time ever homemade Oreo cookies And they look and they taste the way that I wanted them to look and taste. And that is a huge accomplishment for me because baking is definitely not my strength. It's not like I would never say about myself that I am precise. (laughs) And I feel Uh like baking requires a healthy degree of precision and also detail. Um, and yeah, they, they look and they taste like an Oreo and I did it. I did them all myself. I did not have any help. I didn't even let like, well, he didn't even offer, but I didn't even let Casey jump in because he is Mr. Precise, but yeah. They look beautiful on Instagram. And they taste so good. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. I would, I would categorize that as important, important news just for future (laughs) reference. I think that's like super important. (laughs) I've been like patting myself on the back all week about this. And so I'm just going to keep it going. Um, And it's really silly. I do realize, but I think it's just, it's one of those things. I've told somebody this recently. Um, We were talking about sort of stress management techniques. And for me, um, I love making ice cream. I have this super weird relationship with like making ice cream. I I love it. I like creating flavors. I like perfecting my base. I'm just like, I I like it. I like watching it churn in the ice cream maker. And um, she was joking that she would just eat all of it. And I was like, well, yes, 
I do that also. Um, but then I next leveled it by making these homemade Oreo cookies, which have also now made an appearance in my homemade ice cream. And I feel like wow. I can just retire, like life complete. Yeah. You, I mean, you win. You win at life. You're done. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and enjoy your Oreo ice cream. That is all there is left for you to do. Yes, I think so too. <laughs> um, oh. But I will say uh, with all of this, like, you know, sort of the the lightness around um, that situation, I, I will have to admit that um, my ice cream base did not turn out because it's really warm here in Portland and we don't have AC. Um, and which is fine. We just generally open things up and we all survive. We put fans out, etc. But our house gets pretty warm and I didn't think about that or consider it, consider it when I was churning my base and um, the house was too hot. So it didn't set at all in the ice cream maker. And I had an inappropriately like large reaction of like frustration to the ice cream not churning and setting. Um, and I realized like, wow, I need to like take a deep breath. Like this is not about ice cream. Like I'm definitely <laughs> like feeling overwhelmed and stressed and frustrated. Um, and so if anyone else needs that reminder out there, <laughs> it might not be about the ice cream, um, <laughs> but it's okay to feel that way for a second and maybe just like, you know, try and take a couple deep breaths and um, I don't know, do something that that's nourishing. Cause yeah, I feel like we all need that right now. <laughs> oh yes. I need that reminder right now. Yeah. I've been having um, a lot of those moments. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to. There's so much going on in the world. Um, and this will just be like an aside. This is not unimportant. Um, very important is I think all of us here in Portland, um, you know, witnessing the the feds being in our city and snapping people up um, in unmarked vehicles um, feels very scary. Um, and I think just to sort of frame this as like, that's what's currently going on in the world as we're recording this. Um, and I think, yeah, so sometimes it's just like that response to those really heavy events in life, um, where we're all fighting for each other, fighting for change. And it feels like the world is just, there's just like so much, I don't know, everything feels like so much more oppressive and, and challenging. Um, and yeah, so that when you turn that ice cream and it doesn't work, <laughs> it's like you just explode. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Take a deep breath and don't worry if your ice cream is soup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, I think I had, and I guess we're going to just turn this into more than an aside, um, but I had a tough day on Monday where I just felt like I could not, I was like a useless human being. I just like was so tired. I felt like I had no energy, like no get up and go in me. I ended up kind of taking a day off. Just like I just wrote, I wrote Monday off. <laughs> uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with, I was just tired, you know, whatever I was tired, but I think a lot of it had to do with the heaviness around all of this, um, especially what's going on in Portland uh, because so many people that I love are in Portland. And I think one of the things that's been, I've been really trying to do this week with the Portland situation, as well as all the situations, 
is really listen to people who are there. Um, I've been, you know, as you know, Jamie, I've been asking people who live in Portland and who are witnessing these things firsthand for, you know, what it's like on the ground. I think it's so helpful to hear from people who are really in it as opposed to listening to the Twitterati or the news media or what have you. Uh, and kind of on this, on a similar note, like really trying to listen to teachers who are talking about schools reopening or not, um, but really trying to take deep breaths and like sit back and be a listener and not a, like a reactor, if you will. Yeah. It's such a, I think that's so important. And sometimes the best thing you can do is listen because I think, you know, we've learned that by listening, we can make bigger changes and hopefully all grow. And I'm trying to do a lot of that too. Um, sometimes I beat myself up because like, I'm not out on the front line in front lines in the wall of moms. And it's not for a lack of not wanting to, it's for a lack of really knowing how to do that um, with a two-year-old at home. <laughs> um yeah. Um, and you know, just the idea of like, how do I, how do I go out and actually do that without like, you know, lining up some sort of form of childcare, which is also hard during this time. Um, and I have so much respect and, um, pride for the moms that are currently doing that. And I'm trying not to be so hard on myself, but it is hard when you're like, you feel like, you know, you're just sitting around and it's like, people are doing all these big things. Um, and so I'm trying to do a lot of listening and also um, a lot of sharing um, so that we can keep the awareness going and, um, yeah, and help in other ways. <laughs> yeah, I think there's so many ways to be involved and to make your voice heard. Anyways, I just, I think as I was talking about an important, important news, I had to sort of explain why all this like Oreo and ice cream making is in my universe. Cause I realized that piece is probably missing. Um, <laughs> I mean the sheer joy of being able to eat those things, but also it's sort of like a, for me, it's like a little bit of a way to disconnect um, and sort of something that I kind of do just to like reset um, at times. Um, but I wanted to talk today because I think Jeremy brought up something on last week's episode, if you didn't listen, um, give it a listen. The episode is called Oh Brother, and it's a good one. Um, he brought up something that made me laugh and also made me think a little bit. He said, if given the opportunity again, and this is not verbatim, so just bear with me on that. Um, if given opportunity again, he would definitely um, want to work with us again because it was so fun to get to play with his cousin and his sister every day. Um, and I love that he said that because I agree that like, it felt like this. And I said it in the episode, it felt like this awesome experience where I got to like work alongside these two amazing people whom I love and respect so much. And we got, we got closer through the experience. Um, it was the most time that we'd all spent together in, while living in the same city. Um, and so I, I, that is why he said that. And I love that he said it, but it also got me kind of thinking about other experiences where <laughs> this is where working with family can sometimes have a lot of downsides. Um, and that sort of attitude of they're just playing or it's leisure time, um, can sort of become 
the perception that people have <laughs> about your business when you're in business with family? Yes. <laughs> I think <laughs> there's a lot we could talk about here, a lot to unpack. Um, because it's true, we end up getting to have a lot of fun together. And like you said, we've all gotten closer through working together. But the truth is that we actually do work also. And I know we've both run up against situations where other family members maybe assume the opposite. Um, and it's all, I think, with good intentions or with love. But uh, sometimes I do feel like what we do is misunderstood. Yes. Very greatly so. I mean, a very basic example of this was um, a couple years back, uh, we were at our grandparents' home in Amarillo, Texas, and um, our grandpa looked up at us and was like, so do you go there every day? Um, talking about our business. And we realized he had literally no concept <laughs> whatsoever about what we do. And well, yes, he's a an older man, he's in his nineties. And I don't expect him to understand um, the things that we're necessarily doing. It just, it was so funny to me that like his basically like his perception was just like, I have no clue. So I'm just going to ask a really random question about the office space because he couldn't otherwise, I think validate it in his mind that what we did was a real thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like that perfect, like really vague, almost like cocktail party question. It's like, I don't know what to ask you. So I'll just be like, well, do you go to the office every day? <laughs> and do you eat lunch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess like if he could imagine us in some sort of office park setting, it would make it more real for him. It would just help him sort of understand that what we do is actually um, a real job. Um, but it's not just our grandpa who's in his 90s. Um, you know, I I struggle with sort of um, my own immediate family sometimes understanding that what I do is actually work. Um, so much so where, um, again, out of good intentions and love, um, I my own mom will sometimes um, hear that, you know, we're hosting an event or, um, an, you know, sort of activity or whatever it is, and she'll want to come. And while I would love to have her in these places or at these events, um, I often have to remind her that I will be working and I won't have time to just like hang out and sort of have a loose agenda to do whatever it is, you know, that she would like to do. Um, and that's sometimes really hard to communicate because I don't know that she completely understands um, what that's about. So when we used to co-host a conference, a big conference that took place at a convention center and, you know, it was lots of uh, logistics and, you know, teams. And we were basically like all day long, <laughs> um, literally like sunrise to sundown working really hard, um, and completely engaged. Like there was no time for leisure activities. Um, my mom would ask regularly if she could come and I would be like, but what are you going to do? <laughs> Cause you know, I'll be working from like sunrise to sundown. And it just like, she just could not connect that. Like it just didn't make sense to her. Um, 
and that I just wouldn't want her there because she would think, well, you and Elise are going. So shouldn't I come? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the conference because so my parents ended up coming to our conference one year, not to the conference itself, but it was when my daughter was six months old and they came to babysit while the conference was happening, which was so helpful. And I'm so grateful for them for making that trip and watching Mac while we were working. But I remember, you know, leading up to the conference, I remember like I was really anxious because I was still nursing and I was worried about schedules because as you said, like we are like, go, 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 go all day. And I was worried about, you know, finding time to nurse or to pump or like just to do like bare minimum. And so I like, I remember I created these like super detailed schedules and I really tried to prepare my parents for what it was going to be like and my very limited availability. And even so I remember, um, and again, this is like from a place of love and like, appreciation but I remember like on day two of the conference my parents were like oh we really haven't seen very much of you we thought we would be seeing a lot more of you like they were surprised that I was working from you know we're we're going from like sunrise till like 11 p.m at night or something like it is non-stop and I remember feeling sort of validated in that moment because I was like yes this is what you know this is actually work. We're really working hard this whole time. And that's why I need you here to babysit. I, I remember that. I remember when your parents were there and I remember how amazing they were and um, and also how stressful it was for you. Um, and you were such a great model for me at that time because um, when my son was three, about just almost three months old, um, that same conference, I ended up having to go with him and my husband came down um to do basically what your parents did and just sort of full-time parent while I was at the conference. And it was the same thing. Like, I think he knows, I mean, he sees me working, he knows that I have a job and he knows what we do, but I think it was also really surprising for him, like just how long those hours really were and um, how much I was really going to lean on him. um, Aside from like, you know, being on my nursing clock and delivering the baby to me, any opportunity I could. (laughs) Um, the nursing clock for sure I remember that and I remember just being like wow this is this is really intense um but this is what we do and it's and it's real and that confusion it's like it it's so different when you're working with family because people see us and they know that we are like our own family sees us and they know how close the two of us are and how we love to do things together. And so they just imagine that anytime we sort of travel and meet up somewhere that we're just going to be like playing and having a great time. Um, And I'm glad that comes across. I'm glad that it comes across that we, we love working together and we love doing things together and that we find joy in the work we're doing, but it's also hard to navigate that sort of fine line between like, no, but I also want you to take me seriously. And I want you to see that like what I do is real and I'm not like, you know, playing (laughs) every day with Elise. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I think, I think that's hard and that's a real like challenge when you work with family. Um, Another challenge that I have personally is, um, and this is, you know, a recent event. I'm, and I'm just going to go out and say it. My mom is really, um, she's, she's not happy with me right now. Um, and she's also not very happy with you. And that's weird, right? 
like how many times are you in a workplace or in the past have you been in a workplace setting where you have to worry about like your coworker or your I don't know you know your business partner's mom being upset with you um and then navigating that and having to like talk about it um and I I realized that why that's so difficult is because there's just really no separation um between work and life I mean we really like we have no separation. It's like, you know, we're talking about work stuff one minute and then we're like texting about this conversation um, with some family drama the next minute. (laughs) And that is a really, that's tough. Yeah, it's true. And it like, it happens in our regular work days and it happens when we're, you know, with family for holidays or on vacations. Like there's really no distinction between work and play. And it's funny, like, when in some ways I think it set us up well for this current quarantine situation, because these, you know, any kind of separation that most people had between work and home time has collapsed. And for us, like there wasn't really any separation to begin with. So I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, well, maybe we're kind of prepared for this in a better way than other people are. Um, but yeah, that family drama, like seeping into work conversations or work conversations, giving way to family drama. That's a weird thing. That's a weird dynamic to have to work with. It's a super Uh, weird dynamic. And it's like one of those things that I realize, you know, more and more as we get older and stuff, you know, happens, um, or say that you and I have an opportunity to do something for work and then, you know, parents want to join or an extension of a family wants to join and someone doesn't necessarily understand or respect those boundaries um, or give us the same amount of space and understanding that they might give if, say, Casey, my husband, were to say, oh, I have a conference in Dallas. Like, I'm going to, ha- you know, head to Dallas and my coworker, I don't know, let's just call him his coworker, Abby, because that's our dog's name. My coworker, mm-hmm. Abby's coming. And it wouldn't be like his parents would be like, oh, we know Abby, so we're going to totally join you. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen, right? It doesn't happen. Um, but with us, they hear that, like, they'll be like, oh, we're just going to totally come with. And I'm like, um, I mean, if it's going to be productive for you, but, like, I don't want you to come with the expectation that we're going to be able to, like, hang out <laughs> and do stuff. Um, and I think that's sometimes a really hard distinction to make. And then when feelings get hurt or like we do have those opportunities where we can get together and we like have some time to work together. Um, and then feelings get hurt if, you know, somebody's not included in that dynamic. Um, that is so challenging. It's so hard to explain like, yeah, but we've got like work to do. We're like getting together for a purpose. Like this isn't about you. Um, and I think that separation becomes so challenging and it's so hard to communicate for some reason. It really is. It really, really is. And it, I mean, it puts kind of everyone in a really awkward situation. Um, and I think it's probably really hard for, you know, sort of our immediate family who are not working with us because like you said, they see us like enjoying working together and having fun and, they probably don't really understand like why we need to draw that separation sometimes. Um, And like it probably from, you know, the outside looking in, it's probably like, well, of course you're going to just hang out and play. Like, why wouldn't I be invited too? why wouldn't I come too? Yeah. It's so hard. And I, I, I've noticed it more and more um, as the years have gone by and I, 
it's so, it's just, it's so interesting um, how when you work with somebody that you're so close to, it's just the perception of like what you do. I think it just gets so muddied and, um, and how your family just like might not understand it the same way that they might like say, if I were just like, you know, working at some office with a bunch of people that they didn't know or had met once at like some sort of company of, you know, family event or something. Um, but Nowhere in my life before this, in my former career, if I were traveling for a conference, would my mom have like asked if she could go? Like that just didn't <laughs> yes. didn't happen. Unless like it were, you know, to be something where I was traveling. And the only instance I could see if I were like traveling somewhere and then I was extending my stay into the weekend and then I had like that actual leisure time. I mean, that would make sense. And I'm sure there's lots of families that do that. But I think it's just kind of funny how like, without that sort of distinction between like family and work, family just thinks like, oh, well, we all just go. <laughs> um, and, you know, my mom asked if she could come to our teacher training, which didn't happen um, because thank you, COVID. But, and I was like, but are you going to want to do the teacher training? Because you do realize like, I'm going to be doing teacher training the whole time. And I don't want you to come and be disappointed unless you're actually serious about participating in teacher training. And I don't think that she was. And I don't think that she would have been very happy had she actually come. Um, as much as she said she'd be fine entertaining herself, um, which I know she can, but I just think her expectation of what would be happening was going to be very different than than what was actually going to happen when we got there, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that's like, I think what you're talking about is something that I think maybe is like kind of the problem beneath all of this is that it's really hard to manage those expectations with family because as much as you try to, as much as you say, you know, I'm going to be working the whole time or this might not really be an event that you would actually enjoy. Um, I'm not going to have time to just play and hang out. For some reason, that message seems really hard to get across. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's specific to our family or if that's just a thing that happens in families. Um, but often it feels like, you know, we can, we can try and message it, but it falls on deaf ears or maybe they just assume, oh, we'll make an exception because it'll be so fun to have family there. Yeah. I just, it's interesting. It's interesting how that division becomes so challenging. And I wonder like too, um, now that you know, we're all home together, like all family units are home together and working. If people are having even more of these conversations around sort of that division of time, I know that, you know, not even, and this is funny, I don't know that many people know this, um, but my husband does our books for the business. Um, and so in some ways, he's very engaged in what we're doing. Um, he looks at the money behind it. Um, he's an accountant by trade. So he told us he would like to take over doing our books, which I was a little resistant to at first, just because of sort of bringing in more family dynamics into the business. Um, but ultimately I agreed. Um, and it's been mostly fine, but there are times where I've even faced this in my own home. And this is like pre COVID where, you know, it would be late at night and I had, logged out of business mindset. I was like, I'm completely removed from it. Like that is not what I'm doing right now. I am mindlessly watching TV. Um, 
I probably a reality TV show. Who knows? Um, I might be sipping a glass of wine. And the last thing I want to do is talk about our books. And he would come up to me and again, out of love and out of him trying to be helpful um, and wanting to be helpful. But he would come up to me and have all these questions for me and my blood would just boil over and I would like lose my mind Um, because it felt like, again, there was just no division between like (laughs) my family life and my work life to the point where it would be like, you know, 1030 PM and I'm like well into, you know, whatever TV show I'm watching Married at First Sight or something. And I'm just like blissfully like you know, dumbing myself down and having a glass of wine and just trying not to think about work. And then here I am presented with like bookkeeping questions. Um, And so I wonder now in this time where everybody is like forced to be together and a lot of, you know, partnerships or whatever family units are working together under the same roof, um, if other people are experiencing this challenge, because I imagine, I imagine it's really challenging for people that aren't used to this. Yeah, I hear you on the late night bookkeeping questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> my husband's a lawyer and we obviously had him review contracts for us before. He's kind of our our go-to if it's like a small project. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> thanks, Nathan. And, and thanks, Casey. <laughs> but the same thing happens to me where it'll be like, first thing in the morning, I'll be like waking up. I haven't had my coffee yet. And Jamie, you know this, and probably most of you <laughs> listening know this in the morning, like, I'm not human. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't um, want to do that. It's not a good, I no. mean, you're not, you're not evil, but you're just not like, you're just not ready. There's, you're not like no. open for business before exactly. coffee. I am not open for business. And Nathan, bless his heart, has this gift for like waking up full of questions and full of energy. And so he'll like turn to me as I'm like barely cracking my eyes open. And he's like, legal question, legal question, legal question, nitpicky contract, super minor lawyer question. And I'm like, I, what? I, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's hard. And I think one thing that's been nice about like our business sort of growing up and granted Casey is still very involved in like the nitpickies of our business, but I think we've sort of moved away from that more enmeshed kind of family involvement. And I think that's been a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we definitely have. I mean, but there's still, there's just still, even though we move away from it, there's still no getting around it. Um, Mm-mm. And there was always like, yeah, confusion or hurt feelings um, when people don't understand, you know, why we might be getting together, but nobody else is included in that or (laughs) just, yeah, like things like that. Or if I I remember like once um, it was like holiday timeframe and one of our family members got really sensitive over the fact that I think it was like leading up to a particular holiday. We were spending a bunch of time together because we were actually working on this annual holiday challenge that we do. And we had quite a lot of work and this particular family member felt like, you know, you and I always just do stuff together and like wouldn't include anybody else. And I think that that, that again, it was about that. Like we it just wasn't very clear maybe to people that like, no, we're actually like working on something. Like we're not trying to like not be social with you or include you in an activity. It's just that this is actually work that we're trying to get done so that we can have fun with you and we can include you and we can do stuff together. Um, 
And I think that that's really hard. Whereas like, again, using Casey, just because that's my best example is when we're home um, or we're somewhere else and there's family around for a holiday and he says, hey, I have to work, you know, Tuesday to Thursday while we're there, um, you know, and after this hour, I'll be available to do all the activities. Um, And that's the beauty of being able to work remote sometimes is you can sort of have those boundaries. People totally respect that and they give him space and nobody bothers him. Uh, But the difference is that like when I do that, uh, everybody's like, oh, you're not really working. It's totally fine. Like, don't you want to come do this thing right now? And I'll have to be like, um, actually, (laughs) I am trying to work right now. Um, And it's really hard. Um, It's just really hard. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, those boundaries. And I think something too that like often gets sort of missed or taken advantage of even is because we work from home, we've always worked from home and we have like generally flexible schedules for the most part, you know, other than you know teaching classes for you or if we have calls or whatever, um, is that people assume that we can be just available during the day for whatever they need. Whether that's like running errands or being available for like a repair person to come by or I'm just pulling examples out of the air here but um that like there really are no boundaries and that it's just assumed that we're available and can like kind of pick up whatever needs to be picked up oh and that feels really frustrating too a hundred percent that is a and you know and I know that I can talk about this really because it's a constant conversation in our house pre-covid and also during this time that I am not a catch-all. Like I also have a job that needs to get done and there are hours and time that I need to commit to it. And it's not for a lack of like wanting to or, um, you know, on uh, my partner's point, like where he sits on it, it's not because he like doesn't want to give me that time or he doesn't respect what I do. I think it's just hard because it gets forgotten (laughs) Um, because I've always been here working from home. And yes, there is a little bit more flexibility in my schedule. Um, But flexibility often just means if you're not working during like maybe a say a standard workday hour, that work is still getting done. So that might just mean that I'm up later than everybody else or earlier or whatever. Um, And I think sometimes that's hard to communicate with people. And it's like you become this sort of catch-all for things or people just assume that like you should be available to go do, I don't know, they have a day off, for instance, like this is, you know, maybe even not family, but friends will often be like, oh, I have a day off. So you're just going to like come and adventure with me on this day. And I'll be like, well, actually, I'm not off though. (laughs) Um, This is just where I work. So, (laughs) and I'm flexible, but it's not like, it's not a free for all for me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think it's like, for me, it's been hard to set those boundaries or like really just like clearly communicate that to people because, you know, they're like, well, you're your own boss and you have a flexible schedule. Why don't you just take this day off with me? Let's just go do this thing. And it's like, well, yeah, that sounds really fun. I'd like to go do that, but no, I'm, I'm actually working. Yeah. Just because I don't have to ask permission to get off, like, doesn't mean that my work doesn't have to get done. Yeah. And that, and it doesn't mean that you're not accountable, right? Like you wouldn't just like do that without being like, Hey guys, like <laughs> going to do this thing today. Uh, sorry. I'm just going to drop the ball on a bunch of stuff that I committed to. See ya. Right. Um, <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and I think, you know, the, the upside to that is that, you know, yeah, like we have a very, um, I would say that our uh, culture is very family oriented, very community oriented. 
um, we're definitely all humans and understand the importance of being human and having, you know, family, et cetera. And I think that that that's great. And if you were to say like, Hey, I have this opportunity to go do this thing. Um, and I'm going to just like haphazardly take this day to do that. We'll be like, Oh, cool. We'll make it work. But if you had actual like things, commitments, obligations, deadlines, whatever, like you're just like anybody else with a job, right? Like you're not going to just be like, peace about, um, yeah. cause I'm the boss. I mean, if we did that, we wouldn't exist today. I mean, that would be, that would be horrible. Um, and so I think, yeah, it's really hard to sort of draw those lines. And I think, um, it's interesting now because I think with so many people working from home, I just can't imagine that they're not having these conversations also like forgetting that, you know, one person is not your catch all for every, you know, childcare vet visit, grocery store run errands, whatever it is. Um, and I think that that's, yeah, it's like those things that you just have to like sort of advocate for in some way. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, because when you're your own boss, like the buck stops with you, right? So if you're blowing stuff off, then it's not like someone's going to help pick up your slack. Like you're just making more problems for yourself. And instead of watching Married at First Sight, you're going to be working late at night. Yeah. Doing bookkeeping. Yeah, that. I think what I'm hearing for both of us is that the the downsides of working with family um, are that you don't really have any sort of division between like, well, there is no division between family life and work um, and that boundaries are really hard to set because of that. And maybe also because um, we do work from home and people just sort of I think it just becomes confusing sometimes for people that you're not just like chilling. Um, But that I think the other challenge that we haven't really talked about is, you know, working with family um, is also really, we kind of talked about this a little bit last episode with Jeremy working with family is also really strange when you do get into the, like um, the bookkeeping issues, the money issues, um, I think it's a really weird thing um, to be in business with family and having to like not only talk about sort of our business like money <laughs> issues, but like it becomes sort of this like bigger thing um, because we are family. And it's like, I don't know, having those conversations like with, in, you know, somebody who is an employee, for instance, Jeremy, he's also your brother. Um, and that is super awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> like, how much are we going to give you? (laughs) So awkward. And I mean, we've had plenty of these really awful, awkward money conversations ourselves. Exactly. Uh, And I don't think they get any easier. Like you get a little more practiced at, I think, starting the conversation, but they pretty much always are awful in my opinion. Yes. They're super awful. And it's never the thing you imagine, like when we were little kids and we, we're in business together with our um, very maybe infamous (laughs) potpourri stand. Um, (laughs) You know, it's never the conversations that I imagined we'd be having um, as adults. And, you know, I think there's so many things that make working with family very, very complicated. Um, But I also think there are so many things that make it so amazing. And like, 
I don't ever want to caution people away from it because I think that there's so much already out there that exists that says like, don't work with family. I know when you go into like, for instance, a startup meeting, um, you hear that like people are pretty cautious about family working together. Or there's always like this surprise when like a husband wife team, for, for instance, or whatever, a partnership team makes it right. Like they do something and they, they manage and they don't, you know, split <laughs> while the company's still in business. Um, and so I kind of, I like the idea that we can change that narrative a little bit because I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing to go in business with family. I just think that there are, there are off that. <laughs> I also think that there are also downsides that you just need to kind of address and be candid about so that when people are thinking about this or maybe they are working with family, they can sort of figure out, you know, okay, what are the things I need to communicate better? Like, how do I you know, if there's family drama, like, how do I talk to my business partner or my employee or whomever, you know, the family member might be in a way so that, you know, we can still get work done, but also acknowledge those things that we need to acknowledge because they're happening and they're also important. Um, and then how do we set boundaries so that we can actually get work done and not, you know, if we're like at a family event or a holiday and we're working remotely, um, that people aren't feeling excluded or like we're just being jerks and like not hanging out. <laughs> um, and I, yeah. And I think it's like, it's just kind of like advocating for yourself and also maybe being like better communicators with the people in your life about like what you actually need and what you're actually doing and maybe trying different ways to help them understand what it is that you actually do every day. Um, Cause yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. And I think like going along with that too, I think something that, I think is one of the reasons that we're still here, that we've made it as a family business, if you will, is that I think we we started from this joint agreement that our relationship came first and that we weren't going to let the business ruin that. And, you know, we talk about bringing family drama into work. And I can think of a few times in the last decade or so where, well, I remember two times specifically, one where we had gotten into a fight, like personally, <laughs> And then we both had to, the next time we saw each other was at a work meeting. We were, I think we were doing an investor pitch, literally. So we really had to get over that quickly or at least show up and, you know, show up. <laughs> and then another time where we'd gotten into a tough conversation at work and then we were, you know, visiting our grandparents. And so we had to kind of overcome that, look past it and show up again. And I think that's something that I'm grateful that we've been able to do is whether, you know, we're no matter where the drama comes from, um, we can show up in these different contexts and kind of rise above it, or at least, you know, sort of separate that out and maybe have to address it later, but um, ultimately put the relationship ahead of any sort of turbulent waters we might find ourselves in. Yes. I'm so grateful for that also. Um, it's funny because I have a very, distinct memory of um this one of the like sort of we had this super big conversation um I think there was a lot of turmoil going on um it was sort of around the time that you know like Swecker was failing and things were just weird and hard and different and uh we were both struggling in our own ways with it and we were at um our respective homes for the holidays. And at that time, um, our parents lived very close to one another. 
and we went out, I think with the intention of just like hanging out, um, to this like very, <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's a fun little, I don't even know what you call it, a wine bar, <laughs> kind of a divey situation. And it turned into this like really big, like conversation about our work relationship and our personal relationship so much so that we ended up having to call your dad to come pick us up because we, we couldn't make it the like, I don't know, not even half a mile home. Like we didn't even trust ourselves on foot at that point. Um, but I think, and I think as silly as that is, and also like, you know, I know that it was like a very emotionally charged conversation um, and also wine field. Um, but as silly as an example as that is, I do think that there is something so powerful in that, that we took this situation that we like sort of needed to hash out and in the sort of persistence of cherishing and putting our relationship above all else, we were able to come out of that. And I think like really hear each other out and find a common ground again. Like we didn't, the problems that we were both holding on to or the things that were sort of like infecting us in that moment we were able to just like be like okay we got to talk about this we have to figure it out and we're going to blend personal and business in this moment um and then let your dad come and pick us up um because <laughs> <laughs> the conversation had to get go on too long um yeah thanks, I, I think that's yeah thanks <laughs> oh that was funny yeah and I think what's I think what's powerful about that and like the sort of the various times where we've had to like have those really hard conversations, whether about personal or about business or about both, is that we've never completely written each other off, right? Like Thank we might've been mad at each other. We've might've been, um, had some really hard things to say or to talk about or to work through. But um, at least, you know, from my point of view, like it was never like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to cancel Jamie or <laughs> we're just going to cut ties. This is over. Um, yeah. Like that, that ledge is not even like, an option. No, it isn't. And I think that's the really lovely thing. I think, yeah, maybe that's like a, the, the thing is you're going to work with family. You got to work with the right family. <laughs> um, or you have to sort of decide what your priority is, right? Like is the relationship you have the priority. And if it is, maybe that's the thing you have to talk about and sort of stick to. That's part of your core value is that like, that is the most important thing. So whatever happens, like we have to preserve that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that that's really helped us have the staying power and also to continue to work together and truly like each other <laughs> or at least yeah. for my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah. So I guess I, I don't know. I, uh, talking with Jeremy last week, um, if you guys haven't listened, definitely do, um, was really, it was really satisfying because I think um, I had a lot of fear going into that conversation. As I said, um, I've known Jeremy his whole life because <laughs> he's younger than me. Um, and the one thing I have always really, truly appreciated about Jeremy is that he will I'm not going to say the right word that I want because the vocabulary is not jumping into my brain at this moment, but he's one of those people that like, he just says the thing like he's straight. It's like, you just get whatever it is, you know, he's not going to like sugarcoat it or like make it fluffy. Um, 
he's just going to tell you what he thinks. And I love that about him. Um, and so I, all these years, have thought that, you know, he's probably thinks all these things about me. <laughs> Gosh, insecurity projection over here. Um, and like my failures during that time. Um, and so it was really lovely to chat and hear actually where he's coming from and sort of this mutual respect I think we all have for each other. Um, and also just the idea that we've able, we've been able, the three of us to preserve this like family relationship, which I think we can all agree is more important than the failing business, um, that we all had together. And I appreciate that about Jeremy too you almost kind of never know what's going to come out of his mouth in a really good way. Like he's often surprising and always honest. Honest. That's the word. It's not even like a vocabulary superstar. It was just <laughs> not coming to me. Words are hard. Working with family is hard, but worth it. Words are hard. But worth it. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shiny Objects. If you enjoyed it and want to hear more, we'd appreciate you subscribing and reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. We'd also love to hear what you're going through. Send a 30-second audio clip to hi at shinyobjects.live and we may feature you on a future podcast. Thanks for listening and come back soon.